Good morning, church. Yeah, thank you. Well, I'm excited to be up here. Thank you, Pastor Vali, for inviting me to um, preach about our youth urban missions trip that we just came back from. Um, Before we start, I'd like to just introduce my mom that's visiting. So, Marian Fung, um, she's here. She's my biggest supporter. So, today I want to talk about um, how we all can make a difference. But I want to first focus in on the power of youth. Um, In the illustration behind me, um, there is an image of a superhero, Flash. And the Justice League is behind him. And they're questioning, can this kid do it? And I think sometimes we look at youth... And we think maybe they don't have enough experience. You know, maybe they don't have the right just mindset. But from my experience being the youth pastor for the last year, I think the youth have the passion. They have the heart. They have the energy. Um, they have the courage to make a difference um, in this world. So if you can turn to 1 Timothy 4, 11 through 14, it's also in the sermon notes. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. So this was Paul's instruction to Timothy. And we adopt this also. We don't despise the youth. We empower the youth. In the youth group, it's about discipling. and discipling them so they can disciple each other. Peer-to-peer um, leadership. So we model it, we help them, and we send them on the, along their way. So they can be leaders within the youth group and hopefully leaders in their school, in the community, also in this church. And so... I'm going to challenge our congregation. Next time you see one of our youth, um, encourage them with a smile, with a kind word, um, because these are our future leaders. So we came back from this missions trip um, in San Francisco with YWAM, um, Youth with a Mission. Has anyone heard of Youth with a Mission? Um, I've been connected with Youth with a Mission for maybe like 17 years. Um, They do work globally, um, amazing outreach work in the community. And their whole focus is engaging the community through the love of God and through, through our love and through the love of the youth over the last few days, they were able to really engage in the community. Um, I'd like to show you a video that kind of reflects the passion and the attitude of our youth when it comes to reaching out to the 
the homeless. This was my daughter, Ayla, seven years ago. We were at outreach helping homeless people, and I've never lived that, let her live that down. Because a lot of people, when they see, I think, homelessness for the first time, or they're walking on the street, and they're, they're walking over bodies, sometimes, just subconsciously, they're thinking, oh, the homeless people. And so, um, I'm going to show you some things how we were able to kind of overcome that. Um, I want to show you a video about Youth with a Mission. This reflects kind of our mission, short-term missions experience over the last few days on what we were engaged in. Over 30 blocks. More than 25 languages. And more than 30,000 people. In the heart of San Francisco lies one of the most diverse communities in the United States. Nestled between City Hall and the tourist-rich shopping centers of Market Street, the Tenderloin is home to thousands of Vietnamese, Latinos, African Americans, and more who have roots all around the globe. Unfortunately, the Tenderloin is also widely known for its high crime rate, availability of drugs, and widespread poverty. The thing that I always like to tell people is that, you know, behind every beautiful painting is pain. The more you talk with people in the Tenderloin, the more you really begin to see the beautiful painting. And I think that's why the 360 program that we have is so powerful. The 360 is a discipleship class that we run here with people from the Tenderloin. We see so much isolation on the streets, people living by themselves, people not knowing how to interact socially. We invite them into our community, and I think we're seeing lives changed by that. In the classroom is where you first learn how to love each other, and then as you're there for a while, you learn how to take it out of the classroom and share that love with other people that you might not even know. Well, I started being around people that were positive, people that were lifting me up, and 360 people believed in me, you know. They seen something in me that I didn't see in myself. And it changed my life completely. It made me who I am today. Uh, I'm thankful, I'm blessed, and I want more than anything for other people to experience it. YWAM is a place that restores, empowers, and serves those in the Tenderloin. It's a place to get a haircut. It's a place where you can get a hot shower. pick up this week's groceries. Maybe it's a place to take refuge from the street. Or just a place you know there's a friend who will listen. The driving force of all these ministries are the young adults that come from all over the world. They come to learn, 
and to serve. I go back to what Mother Teresa said. She said, there's all kinds of suffering in today's world. There's a suffering of homelessness. There's a suffering of hunger. But the greatest suffering is to feel alone and to feel unwanted. So who feels that? Well, people in Silicon Valley feel that. People in the financial district feel that. People in the Tenderloin feel that. Now, the way we bridge that here in the Tenderloin, it may be a cup of hot chocolate, or it may be sitting on the sidewalk and sharing our lunch with somebody. It may be inviting them in to get a haircut. Maybe praying for somebody. Our mission statement is engaging a city with a loving God. And that's what we're all about. So the purpose of our missions trip was to expose our youth to the issues that are happening in our own backyard. We wanted the the youth to be exposed to homelessness, to people with addiction, to communities that are in poverty. And sometimes we think of only missions in developing nations, but we forget about our mission field is also where we live, which is in our community. And so this was a great opportunity for our youth that were able to go, to go and serve, let their hearts be touched, let them understand what compassion is, be able to dialogue and debrief and be able to let their feelings go, to talk about their frustrations, talk about their fear, talk about their anger, talk about their helplessness on not knowing what to do, how to help um, with this injustice. And our hope is that not only more youth come next year, but my prayer as I speak this morning is for our congregation to have a mission consciousness, to our congregation that will have the love and compassion that Jesus is calling us to do, to be serving everywhere we go. Um, I like to bring up um, two of our youth that went, um, Ayla Fung and Shimbalui, and also uh, my wife and youth mentor, um, Allison Fung. Let's be in the light, okay. Closer to me? Yeah. Allison? Allison? Yeah. Here's one more chair. I'll stand. Yeah. No, no, I can stand. Yeah. We got to make sure we're, we're in the light here. So, Allison, come over here because you're in the shadows there. There we go. Perfect. We got this. We're streaming globally, so we want everybody to see. So um, we also had Shim, uh, Ray Valui went with us, and um, Christina Barbosa, and Kevin um, Hilcher. Um, but they, can't, they couldn't be with us this morning, but I wanted the three of them to share. So first of all, it was um, really um, a blessing to be with the youth 
also my wife, um, that we could just bond and get to know each other better because we're living with each other for three days and just just understanding each other's heart um, and fears and and just maybe tentativeness on on how, how do we how do we do this because um, YWAM has set up an outreach program for us to participate in. They set up specific outreaches for us to be able to engage in the community um, through prayer walks, through serving um, the community with the lunch and some other things that I'll show you in a moment. But I want to ask the three up here a few questions. And I'm going to ask Shim first. Um, Shim, do you feel this youth missions experience has increased your compassion for the homeless and people with addiction? Um, I really do feel that this mission actually had an impact on me. Uh, for like a lot of the other missions I went on, I've kind of just flo- like gone with the flow and not really paid attention to what was really going on. But since I was able to like really meet the people and talk with them, it really had an impact on me. Like I was able to understand them more and like understand how they got there. And I just didn't see them as a homeless person who deserves to be homeless. I saw them as everyone has a future. Ayla, same question. Uh, I really feel that my compassion has grew from this trip because at first when we got there and we were walking through the neighborhood, there's just so many homeless people on the street. And at like first glance I was like oh they're just the homeless people but then when we were doing the activities and we got to really communicate and talk with the people I really understood that everyone has a story and that every story is different but almost all the people did believe in God and they all were positive and no one was negative and so my compassion really grew to those people because no one deserves to be homeless so Allison, how was your comfort zone, comfort zone stretched? I think for, for anyone, um, this would be a, a challenge. Uh, you know, Jonathan and I have, have done street ministry in the past, but the homeless situation and the level of addiction has grown over the years. And I, I just remember when we drove around the corner and we drove up down the street where we were going to be staying. It was real. Like you, There were so many people. And we were right across from Glide Memorial where the soup kitchen is. And, you know, we park right there. And we're having to carry all of our stuff and, and walk through. And, you know, as, as, a, as just an individual, there's a feeling of awkwardness and, like, am I safe? But then even as a female, it takes it up a notch higher, like, okay, I've, I've got to have some guards up. But then as a parent, it takes it up even higher, not just for your own, but those that you're responsible for. So we have these kids that we're responsible for. But I think where my compassion really grew is just in how the staff at YWAM taught us to navigate the streets. They taught us how to see them as individuals. And they don't really address it as homelessness. That's people who are affected by homelessness because a lot of them have a place to stay. They have a, a shelter in a local hotel. They call them SROs. 
but they're small, tiny rooms that are about the width of your couch. And that's it. That's all they have. They might have a sink. They might have a toilet. But to live in that environment is really depressing. So the street is their living room. That's where they can communicate and have interactions with other people. And so you do start to see beyond, like, how did you get here? Why are you here? Or what you're doing today? But you really start to see the suffering and how, how can I help alleviate some of that suffering? Let me paint a picture for you. The tenderloin is 30 blocks long. It's about two miles. Um, it's next to Union Square. There are about 30,000 people that live in the tenderloin. Um, with, within the 30,000 people, um, there are about 3,000 families with children. Um, there are about 3,000 homeless people that are there. Um, there's the most families per capita in San Francisco within that small radius of a neighborhood. And so within that neighborhood, there's just so much poverty, drug addiction, homelessness, um, a lot of issues, a lot of mental illness there within that area. But a very caring and loving neighborhood. Um, Shim, in the darkness... Where did you see God's light? Uh, I'd say I saw it most in the people themselves because they, they obviously don't have a lot to turn to. And I think they've all, like most of them, they really turn to God, like hoping that he can provide for them and care for them. And you just saw so much compassion and love for God in them because whenever we bring up God, they'd be glad that we prayed for them or like talk to God at them or like they wanted a Bible so I saw it in the people okay Ayla in the darkness where did you see God's light we did a hot chocolate outreach so we split up into groups of like four or five and we go around the neighborhood and we talk to the people and we give them hot chocolate if they want to and there was this group of four men and we prayed over them, and as we were leaving, they called us angels, and they were like, thank you, angels. And so I could really see God's light in there, because I never thought that we were angels. I just thought, like, oh, we're just going to help you and talk with you. And so that really, I really saw light through that. Okay. Um, Allison, what impacted you the most from our missions trip? I think just seeing the perspectives change, um, seeing our youth just go all in. Like, there was no hesitancy. There was so much that we did in such a short window of time, and they were put in so many different situations that would be uncomfortable for anybody, but they went all in, and they did it with a heart and a heart of love and compassion and they really tried to make a connection with not just the people on the street but the people within YWAM and the other groups that we were serving with and I was just really touched by them. Shim, what impacted you the most from the missions trip? Well, we had this spaghetti lunch where we cooked them spaghetti, gave them salad and we set up a place for them to, to enjoy food and kind of relax and when I was there, I got to meet this man named Kent. And so my job was to sit down at the tables and eat with them and talk to them. And that's how I met Kent. And at first, it was pretty uncomfortable because 
I'm sitting with a homeless person. And I was just, it's just in the back of my head and it kind of bugged me out. But as I got to know Ken, he was like, he was a really nice guy and a lot, and a lot of people made connections with him. And like, as I heard his story, it was really like, impacted me. Cause so when, when the other group was, uh, talking to the people in line in front of the Glide Church, one of the youth girls, all of a sudden this lady started yelling at her, and then the Ken guy, he came out of nowhere and started defending this girl he didn't even know. And so it really showed how much compassion Ken had. And so I want to have that same compassion. Hala, what impacted you most from the missions trip? Uh, there was this one guy, and his name was Aaron. And at the spaghetti lunch, he played the piano. And he was so good at piano. And we all thought it was like a recording because I plated the food in the back. And so we walked out there. And he was playing the piano. And then he had his guitar. And he was singing and dancing. And I talked to him a little bit. And he said that he never had private lessons. He just learned on his own. And so I realized that even though they're homeless, they do have gifts and talents. And this guy is using his gifts to bless others while they eat their lunch. And so he impacted me the most. Um, let's give them a hand for sharing their experience. Compassion, in Latin, compate, means suffer with. Compassion means someone else's heartbreak becomes your heartbreak. Another's suffering becomes your suffering. True compassion changes the way we live. So compassion isn't just feeling sorry for someone that's been displaced It's not feeling sorry that someone has an addiction. It's suffering with them, being with them like Jesus did. When we see someone that's suffering, we need to feel what they're feeling. We need to go um, help them and go with their journey. Um, That's true compassion. Um, The German pastor, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, said, we must learn to regard people less in the light of what they do or omit to do and more in the light of what they suffer. In other words, instead of looking at people on what they are doing or what they are not doing, we need to look at what and how they're suffering so we can suffer with them. Um, That's true compassion, that we live what they live. Um, It's not like we just pass by and we give them just some money, but we help. We try to experience what they are suffering, and so I think that that kind of compassion helps us to connect to those that are suffering. That kind of compassion is the Christ-like love that Jesus talks about. So I have some slides here so you can kind of see some visuals with the stories that were expressed. Um, so we left on Thursday. This was our team. And we were headed for the Tenderloin. 
Within the Tenderloin, our location was YWAM, Youth with a Mission, um, which is in, on Ellis Street. Outside of YWAM, there's homelessness. Just people lining up every morning at 7 a.m. to get a spot on the street um, to hang out during that day, to sleep. That's their spot. There's definitely a code, um, a neighborhood, um, just a protocol on the street. Um, Everyone has their spot, their location, their stuff that people respect. And you don't mess with that. You don't go to someone else's spot. You don't touch their stuff. Um, The community protects each other. The neighborhood protects each other on the street. Like Allison said, it is very overwhelming. Um, We're in the suburbs. We might see homelessness downtown San Jose, St. James Park. Maybe we drive by um, and we see a a tent here and there near a freeway on-ramp, hidden in some hedges, some bushes. But here, you literally have to walk over people when you're walking anywhere in this neighborhood. So one of the things that we did that was very powerful um, when we got there was we, we did a historical prayer walk. There were 17 locations um, that were guided that we prayed as a group over these locations. And basically, we were praying for the neighborhood to change, for God's love to come in and change, or certain locations that we were praying for like this one here, City Impact, how City Impact is another agency that does a lot of work in the Tenderloin, praying for them. Or behind that building, this is Power Exchange. Well, Power Exchange was a pornography um, um, theater. It had a lot of pornography. It was um, defiled. Um, It's vacant now, but we were praying that um, the new tenants that would come in would help to change the neighborhood in a positive way. So we're praying that God's hope would come in and be able to bring change with new neighbors, new tenants that would be coming into the neighborhood. So not only were we outreaching, we were spending a good amount of time in prayer. And like I said, along the way, <clears throat> we would just see people just sleeping on the ground with no bedding. Sometimes, like this person here, had a mattress. But this is like in the middle of the sidewalk. I think the thing that all of us, all seven of us, really appreciated was this set of murals that these murals were really interesting. So on the far left was the tenderloin um, in the past. Um, In the middle was the tenderloin now, in the present. And to the right, the tenderloin in the future. And in the future, in in the background, it says affordable housing. That the hope for the tenderloin would be that there would be affordable housing in this community. But we can see past the present isn't much better, and then the future. Um, we also had some nice downtime. 
playing games, categories. Uh, Shim was highly competitive. <laughs> he won, um, but he held the cards, so he controlled the deck. Um, I'm not sure who won at Twister. Ayla. Ayla won at Twister. And then on our other downtime, of course, um, a little bit of cell phone usage. But that was our sleeping accommodations in the, in the dorms. Um, we ate together. There were two other churches there. One church from Santa Barbara brought their youth group and then one from Oxnard. And so it was nice to be able to hang out with other youth group, other youth pastors um, during the time. There was about 50 of us that was kind of sharing that living space. Um, one group came for a week. Uh, or Actually, both groups came for a week. Um, and there actually was another group that was there for six months. We came on their graduation. They did their DTS, discipleship training, for six months. So now they're eligible to go work um, and apply for, for employment at City Team. Um, in the video, talked about that they do give free haircuts to the community, which is awesome. And then the following morning, we um, engaged in really excellent worship and a message. Um, this is Nick and Callie. They're from YWAM San Jose. And so they may be coming, visiting in the near future, um, but they went through their DTS a while ago, and now they're, they're in San Jose. So they're a couple. They lead worship together. Um, and then we had a, a, an inspiring Bible study. Um, this is friends that were made from the other church. And then after that, um, during the morning and through the afternoon, Shim talked about, um, actually, Ayla talked about the, the spaghetti. Um, Shim talked about the spaghetti lunch. And so we, all of us, all 50 of us, put this together. Um, this was the kitchen staff that cooked. This was a team that made decorations to make this place look like a restaurant, not like a soup kitchen line. We wanted it to be special. Um, I was part of the decoration, hanging the decorations up. And then we treated it as a restaurant with people coming in. We, we greeted them. We invited them to come down. We had servers seat them. We treated them with respect, which was really cool. Um, Ayla and Allison were serving in the kitchen. And we have Kevin and Christina engaging with um, people from the community. And the whole thing was to be able to share God's love through engagement. So this was great experience, not just for youth, for anybody. Um, I, I also sat at different tables um, having conversation with different people. Um, actually, one of the gentlemen, um, he liked a shirt that I wear. It says Supernatural, but it's a basketball shirt, but it's like really visible. And right away he said, where did you get your shirt? And you know, I told him where, and he said, oh, can I have your shirt? I said, oh, man, it's my favorite shirt. I only have worn it like three times, and I've like, I press it and iron it, and it's a t-shirt. And he kept smiling at me. He, you know, he was really a nice guy, and he, kept, he goes, oh, man, I like that shirt. And I said, okay, I'll give you, he goes, I have a clean shirt, I can swap you. He thought I was from the community also. No, he didn't think I was like a part of the, the, the program. And I said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you my shirt. After we have our brownie, 
I go, you don't need to give me a shirt. I can put on another shirt. And so I folded it up for him. I gave him a shirt, and he had the biggest smile. Um, I said, but you got to take a picture with me um, so I know who has my supernatural shirt out on that street. Okay, the next thing that we did um, was great. This was um, neighborhood outreach. So we want to, YWAM wants to maintain relationships with the neighbors. So our group broke up into two teams, and we went and we um, went to different stores, little markets within the Tenderloin to ask if we could clean. If we could clean their windows, their bathrooms, sweep, whatever they needed. And so we prayed first. Um, Ray got a little excited um, because he felt like a superhero with a glove. And so I think Ray was empowered. And then um, we started to divide into groups. And I went with Shim and Ray and Susan from YWAM. And um, Shim found his calling right away. Um, the glass shined. Every store we went to, he cleaned the windows. He cleaned all the glass. I mean, he got, he got so into it. I mean, it was great. So the shopkeepers are really um, thankful. Um, Ray's in the background, if you can see, sweeping. I think he says he sweeps at home. And so he said, right away, he goes, Pastor Jay, give me the broom. I want to sweep. And as Shim is cleaning this, this case right here, this was one of the store owners. Um, we asked if we could pray over him. And he knew we were Christian. He goes, um, you're Christian. I'm Muslim. And I said, okay. And so we prayed for him. He prayed for us in Arabic. Uh, it was beautiful. He prayed God, God's blessing for us. Um, later, in the early evening, um, we did another prayer walk. We prayed over the, um, the 25 um, massage parlors in the Tenderloin. Um, and the massage parlors aren't really offering massages. Um, they're really um, brothels um, in places where prostitution and also, most likely, human trafficking is occurring. And so, um, YWAM is also connected with Because Justice Matters, which is an agency that helps um, women of domestic violence, um, women of abuse, as well as girls. And um, so we end up praying over these different locations. And then at night... Um, we had the hot chocolate outreach where we went out, like Ayla mentioned, and we broke up into teams, and we went out not only to hand out hot chocolate, but our goal was to pray over people. So not only do we give them hot chocolate, but to be able to pray and to be intentional with prayer. So the Valuie brothers here, um, pouring hot chocolate. Um, the group behind is what Ayla mentioned, mentioned that the, the men were calling us angels when we left. Um, in this location here, um, Allison is pouring as one man is going by, and then Ray is engaging in conversation in this image here. And um, before Ray prayed, he said, Pastor Jay, he goes, I'm not good at this. He said, um, you know, can, can, you, can you show me? And so I prayed for the previous group engaged in conversation, and then Ray, boom, jumped right in, 
was bold. Um, he was on fire, on fire. Everybody was. All the youth were on fire to pray over people. And so he, he talked to this man for like 15 minutes um, from Iran. And then we came to this guy, and um, he was eating cup of noodles. Um, and he had this, his, his, his thing was to put these chips on the bottom of the cup of noodles and then put the water in. And it was like, we all were like looking at it. And we, we, our common bomb was cup of noodles because everyone liked cup of noodles. So we, took, we talked to this guy for a long time, hung out with him, and um, he received prayer from us. Um, we also had time at night to play pool and ping pong and to hang out. And um, this is the director of YWAM, Tim. Um, I've been friends with Tim for a while, and um, he runs this YWAM um, center. He actually was in India for 25 years, the director of YWAM in India, and his daughter is still in India. Interesting thing is that they they, they speak the language um, fluently and um, understand the culture. So we talked, Pastor Valui, because um, someone on staff um, is from Nagaland. And then this is our group. This is our gang here, our crew, our vibe youth group here. Plus one more, Potato, the girl in the middle that you don't know. But we, we made friends with her from Santa Barbara. So that was some visuals for you to kind of see what we, um, we, we experienced. Um, 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7 says, This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but timidity, and timidity, but of power, love, and sound disciplined. Um, this is our Vibe Youth Group scripture that we um, leaders, mentors, are to stir up the gifts in the youth, to inspire the youth, to encourage the youth, to exhort the youth, to use the gifts and talents God has already blessed them with. Their gifts are as equal as anyone in this room here. Their gifts are as anointed and powerful. We just have to continue to encourage and exhort the youth to have opportunities to use their gifts and talents for the glory of God and his kingdom. First uh, Peter 3.8 says, Finally, all of you, be like-minded. Okay, this is for all of us, okay, not just the youth. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate. Okay, compassionate. Suffer with people. And humble. Be humble. And I'm going to call the band up as I finish up here. Let all that you do be done with love. Our hearts were changed. Our capacity to love grew. Not just the people that we met, but I think one another as a youth group. So what I want to leave you with, church, is how can we change our city, Santa Clara, Santa Clara County, through showing love and compassion for others? How can we make a difference in this city? How can our heart soften and have more love and compassion 
for those around us in the city that we serve, in the city that we love. Um, Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we could come this morning and gather in your name. You are a God that's full of love and compassion, unconditional love and compassion. I pray now that your Holy Spirit would come and fall down on each one of us. Open heaven, Jesus. Let us feel that connection, that experience, that encounter with you now as we worship. And I pray that you would speak to our spirit and how we could be more Christ-like and share our love and compassion and bring change to our city. We give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.